Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. Over there. Uh, Hello, no. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Prepare yourself. Okay. For Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate. <laughs> stimulating. Yeah. Hit you right in the... Oh, <laughs> there you go. We start becoming a team... This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig. That's right. It's Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys until uh, 6 o'clock. ISU might have been playing basketball today, but unfortunately they did not beat Drake yesterday. So uh, no ISU men's basketball today. And I think that's probably the end. I don't think there's any sort of NIT birth or anything i think the basketball is completely over for uh, isu men the women are playing though they'll play on saturday so there might be more isu uh female redbirds uh, action to happen here on the station if they keep winning i think their their tournament starts next week and uh they're a much better basketball team than the men uh so you never know they might be able to beat the men they were you are, <laughs> i bet you they could actually uh, a lot of fundamentals uh fundamentals are very strong um I got to ask you this, uh, Mark Strauss. I'm glad that you uh, came in studio. I got to ask you this. You invited me in. I did. I don't want people to think that I just come no, on no. a show because I want to come on a show. No, no. I invited you in. Um, I very much wanted to talk to you. I about... respect your territory. No, no. It's I wanted your to ask. Show. <laughs> I want to ask you about two things. One is something I talked about yesterday, um, and I guess we can get to it second. That would be Bill Clinton and the latest uh, headlines from this Hillary documentary that's going to appear on Hulu. Um, and Bill's explanation. For his affair, his very famous affair with uh, intern Monica Lewinsky when she was an intern. Uh, but first, I got to ask first, uh, and I doubt you watched Rachel, Rachel Maddow last night. I doubt you tuned that in on the MSNBC. Yeah, no. I don't watch it often. Uh, but Elizabeth Warren was on, and um, I, this question happened. It was one of the, I think, I think it just felt like the idea of the whole conversation. And I know, I get it. I'm a white guy. Uh, so when I weigh in on this topic, I, I get that my voice can be quote-unquote problematic. Uh, so I apologize to put you in that boat too there, Mark. Uh, but the conversation is about you know how the candidates down on the Democratic side are uh, white guys in their 70s. And so this was the question that Maddow asked to Warren, insinuating that the reason that she and a lot of other candidates didn't make it this year on that side uh, is because they're, they're ladies. Uh, she said this, I'd like to ask you about the elephant in the room which is a conversation you've had a number of times, and you talked about it eloquently today. I think that a lot of women around the country right now feel differently about you dropping out. That's Maddow. Uh, you leaving the race feels different. If Hillary Clinton can't win when she gets the nomination, and you can't get the nomination, and neither can Kamala Harris, neither can Amy Klobuchar, neither can Kristen Gillibrand, which is, that's a deep dive. I mean, I think part of what's going on today is women around the country are like, okay, honestly... I'm paraphrasing maybe the way she delivered this question. If it's not going to be any of them, let's get real. Is it just that there won't ever be any women? Are we just going to run white men in their 70s every single, you know, presidential? And what's what's profoundly interesting about that last sentence, she's forgetting about Barack Obama, both his age and his race, in asking the tail end of that question. But more importantly, Mark, and this is something I I, I hit on a little bit yesterday, I personally, and maybe it's, it's you know, unfair for me to be the one to say it, because, again, I get how I am different 
than maybe other people. Women, if you have an opinion, 829-2345. I'd love to have female voices on this. It's not because they... Hillary Clinton got the nomination, one. And the reason she didn't win in 16 had nothing to do with her sex, in my opinion. And the same would now be true about Warren and Klobuchar and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who's still in the race, surprisingly. It has nothing to do with that. If anything, and I would say this to Elizabeth Warren's fans, because she debates well, she does a lot of things very well, her core demographic, the people she's going after, same people Bernie's going after, the young voter. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but she promised via uh, executive order to eliminate all student loans day one. She wasn't even going to go through Congress. She was going to sit in day one, president, executive order, student loans over. That sounds incredible to someone in their 20s or 30s, no matter how it would have been challenged legally or if it would have worked. That sounds great. They don't vote. These people don't vote. I am one of that subset. I'm 34 years old. We just don't turn out. Bernie right now is upset that Biden is doing so well. And one of the biggest reasons why young people don't vote. It's a thing. I don't Am I shocking anyone by saying that? No? Any? <laughs> Mark, come on. You don't want to be in on this? No, I do. Okay, go ahead. I'm just looking for an opening. Okay, go ahead. I'll uh, stop. Well, uh, the question that Maddow asks Warren, all right, and you paraphrased it. Yeah. This idea that women are rejected as candidates. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it seems to me that Maddow is completely leaving out the fact that women vote. <laughs> they do. They're half of all so, the voters. So, well, they're more than half. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, yes. In the last presidential election, they made up 51% of the electorate that went to the polls. There you go. So if the majority of voters are women, and they're not voting in numbers to elevate a woman who's the candidate, then... Rachel needs to get a group of women into a room and ask them, what's wrong with you? Um, You know, you even saying that, do you know about this uh, group of Texas um, women who are Trump supporters that they interview every so often? Have you seen any videos from them? No. The reason why, I'll I'll play some of those videos on the show today. Uh, They ask these women why um, they disregard certain things that maybe, you know, the interviewer thinks that women would be upset by that Trump is and does and just the, the human and they, they have answers. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's another point that I wasn't even thinking to bring up. But, but the problem that Maddow's trying to frame... Uh-huh. Is, men are terrible. It's not, a, it's not a problem with America. It's a problem that she perceives. When a candidate runs yeah. who aligns themselves and agrees with what the electorate is interested in, that's when that person will be elected. It won't matter. Look, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We have women who are senators. We have women in Congress. Yeah. We have women who are mayors. We have women who are district attorneys. Yeah. There are all these positions that are elected where women are elected. Correct. All right. We just haven't had a woman elected president. Well, and I can actually name uh, two women right now. One that's not really a politician, but I can name two right now that I think would have done well had they run. And one of them is the silly one, but it was it was thrown out a lot. Oprah. I think Oprah would have done well if she was willing to have dived uh, to dug deep and do this whole thing. I really do. She would be crushing the Bidens and the Bernies of the world right now. And the other one, the one that gets mentioned a lot and I think is a more obvious uh, move and at some point might happen. But Michelle Obama and to the same vein, actually, I would say that Ivanka Trump doesn't have a bad case 
to try to be president. If her father gets reelected, if she does more in a second term that's public and political, I, I think Ivanka Trump on the other side of the aisle might not be a, a you know, I think she'd have a decent shot is what I'm trying to say. We have a large number of people serving in various positions, both at the federal, state, and municipal level, who yeah. are women who've been elected. Yeah. It's not that people won't vote for a woman. Correct. They're going to vote for a woman who appeals to them in terms of philo- philosophy and how they want to run the government. Right. I, I think that the the ideas matter. And again, to go back to Elizabeth Warren, um, there there were missteps, man. <laughs> In the campaign, there were there were things that could have gone well, better. Well, I mean, look, let's be honest, okay? Elizabeth Warren, just like Mike Bloomberg, sure, was they were never seriously going to be considered by a large part of the country, yeah, uh, for president. We get this every election. People, I mean, Ralph Nader ran for president five times. He he knew he was going to lose every time. <laughs> His point for running was to to bring certain issues to light yeah. so that they would be covered by the mass media and people would become more aware of them. He was a consumer advocate. He was mm-hmm. worried about you know cars being produced that weren't as safe as uh, vehicles should be, in, mm-hmm. his, in his opinion. Uh, he, was, uh, he was big on that. He beat that drum all the time. So, you know, people run for... And sometimes people run for president because they want to stay in deep enough so that they can wind up being offered a spot in the cabinet or an ambassadorship or maybe run one of the departments. I mean, look at the people who ran against Trump, like Rick Perry. Some of the other uh, Rick Perry became the head of the uh, EPA Mm -hmm. and and, and other agencies uh, he he appointed people to. And this happens every time. It's It's not unique to Trump. No, it's not. It's not. And honestly, Elizabeth Warren, the last thing she hasn't done yet is is throw out an endorsement. And, you know, in vain, in line with what you're talking about, it's probably because she's waiting for one of the two people still in the running, preferably probably Biden, because he's more likely to be the nominee, in my opinion now, which is shocking still to say that out loud as a sentence. Um, But she's probably waiting to get offered something, you know, and I know that we're all very upset locally because Blago is is a guy that did a lot of that wheeling and dealing. But it, it is it's what politics they is. all do it they all do it right absolutely. when you're in control of who goes into what position or benefits mm-hmm. in some way you know uh, it, it's you appoint somebody to uh, a high level job sonny purdue yeah secretary of agriculture mm-hmm. uh you know name the position uh, once you are once you're a former secretary i mean you're you're set for life you mm-hmm. have incredible integrity um who knows? Maybe maybe she's angling for vice president. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, just shifting gears real quick. That's going to be Michelle Obama. By well, I know I know you think that. Um, I'm shifting gears before I take a break. I'm way behind, but I got to <laughs> ask the Bill Clinton question too. Did you see the the headlines from yesterday? Okay, I've heard about this. So there's a Hillary documentary coming out. Bill has a lot of anxiety. <laughs> he does a lot of anxiety. That's how he explained away his affair while still saying that he was very you know sorry for it happening or he felt terrible for Monica and how it wound up defining her life. But he did say, quote, this is when the question is asked, like, what happened? Well, what about Kathleen Willey or, <laughs> or any of the other ones? Well, Juanita Broderick? He, he kind of references Paula them. Jones? When asked the question, he said, you feel like you're staggering around. You've been in a 15-round prize fight that extended to 30 rounds. And here's something that will take your mind off of it. This is a quote of, of Bill Clinton's. That's what happens. Because there, whatever life, not just me, everybody's life has pressures and disappointments, terrors, fears of whatever. 
Uh, the things I do to manage my anxieties for years, I'm a different, totally different person than I was. A lot of that stuff happened 20 years ago. But he's, a lot of that stuff, I think, means a little bit more than just whatever happened with Monica. But I, I can't fathom why this would still be the guy's go-to explanation. Why wouldn't you just say, in my opinion, if I were doing PR for Bill Clinton at this point, I would say, just say sorry. If someone asks you the question, be like, I, I made a horrible mistake, I'm sorry, and uh, my family moved on, so I'd like to move because on. Because it's not about him, it's about Hillary, who still has visions of being the president, well, and they're still playing games with this, and anytime the Clintons do anything, they're playing PR games, and it's for her benefit. That's interesting. Or maybe her daughters, too. I don't know if Hillary's well, chances are over, but you never know who else is coming around, because they do mention... Uh, um, Bill and, and Hillary's kid, too. So a uh, quick break, a lot more on AM 1230 WJBC. Sorry about my long rant to kick that off. It's your show. I know. And I, I'm still just, I can't understand. Hillary was a You nominee. have a lot of anxiety. I know I, I do. <laughs> but I, I know how to relieve my stress. I play golf. <laughs> it is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, Turtle Dove called in. She said, you know, for all the love we give to Illinois State and their basketball teams, uh, we do air those those games here on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, we should give a little bit of love to Illinois Wesleyan, who uh, both their teams played pretty well. That is that is absolutely true. Uh, the men made it all the way to the CCIW championship game. They did lose uh, that game, but they were in it, so that's pretty cool. And the women are going to be playing this evening. Uh, they seem to be a fairly good team that has a decent shot in the playoffs, but so do the Illinois State Redbird women. Uh, they are at the top end of the Missouri Valley Conference. I think they were ranked like fourth uh, as far as regular standings go. Uh, they will start their their postseason play, I think, next week. Uh, I know that they won. They have a game on Saturday, too. Um, but I don't believe that that's the Missouri Valley Conference uh, games yet for them. I think this is still regular season. But they will be playing in their playoffs uh, very soon here with a four seed in that tourney. So they they have a lot of, sh- of, um, of chances to do well. Uh, and unfortunately, the men last night did not uh, advance. And those playoffs, I mean, that's what makes basketball uh, so great. College. Uh, is like so many Cinderella schools just turn it on at the right time. One and done is such a, a crazy thing in this world because that's not how it works in any of the other, you know, big basketball. In the in the NFL, you have something similar to college, I guess, and you only play one game and decide, you know, winner and loser. The winner goes on, loser goes home. But in the NBA, you play a best of seven. And in college basketball, you do not do that. You still do one and done and just a massive tournament. Uh, it's what makes this month so much fun. Uh, and it's I kind of thought that Illinois State would do a little bit better last night. But, uh, you know, uh, there's always next year. That's a saying you get to know well here in Illinois and in the Chicago area. Even after the Cubs win one, you still get to say it because uh, you, you want to win more. Um, a minor league baseball team. I used to work in, in baseball uh, early on in my career. I was a public address announcer for a, a minor league single A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it was a really fun job. Um, and we had like a, a goofy on field guy who used to do these crazy promotion things and silliness is kind of the the goal with minor league baseball it's how you attract the community to come to the games i'm sure there's going to be some decent players that go through these teams but there's also a lot of guys that probably will never become you know big name pros and so you would you try to attract fans by just being lighthearted you try to be a, a more enjoyable you know less serious atmosphere than than the majors uh, for this sport, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, <laughs> their name in general indicates that they're kind of on board with that kind of stuff. Uh, they want to have a night for plumbers and chiropractors coming up in the in the near future. 
Uh, it's going to be on April 30th. They're very excited. The the press release they put out says, and I quote, they make sure your posture is great and keep things flowing behind the scenes, and this night is for them. Join us for a cracking good time, including a whip cracking, an egg cracking, and a cracking uh, a cracker eating contest. So you can tell now from that, you know, uh, little blurb that crack is is going to be a, a word they use a lot and a lot of, you know, <laughs> different on-field events are going to involve cracks. And I guess this is a, a play on something that's notorious with plumbers. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But the actual phrase that they're using to promote, promote the evening, and I, I'm sure that they're doing this tongue-in-cheek, say yes to crack. That is actually what's that's on their signs. That's what they're broadcasting via any sort of commercials. Uh, they're celebrating Father's Day or whatever as well. Uh, but the the phrase that's going viral is the top one for the jo- Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Say yes to crack. I just I don't see every time you find one of these like crazy things. I think a state did this recently too, where they didn't notice what they were saying was was a little bit too encouraging on things you're not supposed to like. Scruff McGruff would be very upset with this message. Dare, anyone that taught you dare in school would be very disappointed in this saying. And I just don't get how it gets approved. Like, I just, I do want to know what meeting this team had, what PR firm they hired to help them, or if it's just internally the discussion like, oh, we should do that plumber night that we've done before. But this year, why don't we switch up the, uh, this the phrase. Why don't we switch up the big promotional sentence? What do we what do we go with? And then someone pitches this, and maybe people in the room laugh. Maybe the decision maker doesn't get it, and that's why it's what it what it is. But I just man, I would not feel comfortable bringing my kid to a say yes to crack day. I'm just putting it out there, and I don't know if it'll do anything. I doubt the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp listen to this show, but it's just it's a very odd. Um, and I'm sure they've done it before. They've done other kind of crazy things. So it's not the first time, not the last time, a minor league baseball team will go silly. But this is exceptionally silly and a little bit bad, in my opinion. Uh, caller, what's your name? Uh, Craig, this is David, uh, also a.k.a. Boomer, yep. uh, to the millennial Craig. Uh, let's talk about something a little more positive this afternoon. Right. Like we're within, four, we're within 48 hours of the Iowa Hawkeyes beating the Illini in basketball. <laughs> and I've got... I've got two Illinois friends. Well, maybe, maybe just one, and he's an attorney. And maybe after the Hawkeyes beat him, mm-hmm. we won't even be friends anymore. But <laughs> I just think you should be talking about something more positive than this to your audience. Then just say yes to crack. You don't like that? Yeah, I don't like that either. Okay. I, I, that's wrong. It's it's, good. it's harmful to kids. And, it is. Uh, you know, kids pick up stuff that you don't are, that we as adults don't intend them to pick right. up, but they are pretty sharp and. Uh, Adults need to be more responsible. But Fair pick enough. up the energy level again because you can't <laughs> you can't be you can't be low vibrational on a Friday afternoon. I know, my man. Friend. I got it. You know, I'm going to do laps around the studio uh, during the next break. But I, right. I, I'm that's, chugging that's out. Better, there. Craig. Thank you, David. All right. All right. Talk to you later, bud. Uh, Illinois State or Illinois is taking on Iowa. That is happening at six o'clock on Sunday. He has already made his prediction. Iowa's an 18. Uh, I think ranked 18th in the country. Illinois 23. I, anybody could win that game, David. I'm just letting you know. That's that's what's lovely about college basketball, which I also was talking about just mere seconds ago. Uh, but I, I, you know, I have to cover this baseball thing because I think it's so goofy. Uh, Tito's vodka, by the way, is letting people know not to make hand sanitizer from their liquor. 
<laughs> if you've seen this a lot of different places, um, there's now like a step-by-step on how to make a at-home hand sanitizer in case you're concerned about coronavirus or anything else. you got to keep those hands as clean as possible. But I guess because Tito's is only about 60% or so, um, or excuse me, 40% alcohol, and you need at least 60, probably even more than that, to get into these uh, ranges of actually doing good and cleaning your hands. They just want you to know, consume the Tito's vodka. Don't necessarily turn it into a a life-saving hand sanitizer because that is not the goal uh, when they're creating their product. Everclear would work great. That is pure grain. That's 100% uh, or 200 proof, whatever it is. So if you, if you need to make your your hand sanitizer from a, a liquor, I guess that's the way to go. Or just buy, you know, some sort of very cheap alcohol in the store. It's, it's a waste of money to do it the other way, to... <laughs> to buy the Tito's and, and have that go into your, you know, Purell. You want to you go a totally different road. Uh, and one last story I want to do in this uh, segment because someone on Facebook asked me to do it. And I actually, I was sitting on it for a couple days. I found this a couple days ago. It continues to get shared, though. Um, a man brought a llama to his sister's wedding uh, to the delight of everyone at the wedding except the bride. <laughs> so the gag, I guess, started five years ago. When um, a couple of the family members were driving home and talking about how, you know, what would be great, um, I guess one of the family members was saying they were talking about the wedding, planning it, making plans. Uh, and this is way before, obviously, it happens. And then they, they mentioned that, you know, the brother wasn't dating anybody. He doesn't have a relationship. He doesn't have anybody to bring to the wedding. And what should he do? What would be funny to do? And I guess the brother said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring a llama. <laughs> And that's the kind of thing, like it spirals every so often. If you're in a family, you know that you throw one of those things out there. You make a promise, and everyone holds you to it. They refuse to let it go. So for the next few years, I guess people continued to to let the joke live, and I guess he eventually figured it out. He spent about $400, um, <laughs> and he, he rented a llama for the day. He brought it to the wedding as his date, and everybody, because they'd all heard about the joke, again, paying off a joke like a pro, Thought this was awesome, except, of course, the bride, because that is a heck of a distraction. And, you know, usually I would complain of, like, you know, bridezillas getting upset, but I don't think this is that at all. I, You know, you don't want anyone to steal your thunder on that day. I know my wife, as lovely and nice, you know, and sweet as she is as a human, still wanted some attention on her wedding day. That's There's nothing wrong with that. That's not, that's not terrible. So when a guy brings a llama and it's getting way more attention than you're getting, I think I understand where she might be a little nonplus. But I, I give him credit, and I will applaud it, because truthfully, man, if you make a joke for years, you've got to pay it off. And I also appreciate my listener who put this up on Facebook and said I should talk about it, because don't worry, I had it in my stack of Craig News stories. I just hadn't hit it yet. But there you go. Now I'm doing it. Any more requests, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. I'll take them on, uh, and maybe I'll talk more Iowa basketball. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, Today is National Unplug Day. Uh, I think it's actually called National Day of Unplugging. Uh, There are six different stats I have in front of me as far as things that maybe you should consider unplugging from during today or maybe, you know, just uh, some sad uh, stats about how much we are uh, currently plugged in on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, I like this holiday a lot. I didn't know it was a thing. A lot of these national holidays are just a thing now because of the Internet. Because uh, it, it, I looked into the history, there's a claim that this came from like um, some sort of, I, I guess, Jewish holiday, and people of that faith 
had been celebrating it for years, and then it became more of a national thing in the last few years. But truthfully, it lands on the Internet, and we just decide it's it's real, and then we start celebrating it. That's how these holiday things work. So today is National Day of Unplugging. Uh, if you were to choose one device in your life to unplug from, no surprise, your cell phone is the one that you should pick. 76% of people spend most of their time, technology-wise, on their phone. Uh, 17% of people actually use a computer. 7% use a tablet. But 76% of us, if we are abusing technology, we're doing it via the telephone. 75% of us say we now spend at least three hours a day on our phone, at least. I think the uh, American um, average is four, which is kind of crazy. Four hours a day that you spend interacting with, looking at, doing something on your cell phone is a lot of time. <laughs> that is the obvious facts of the day from Greg Collins. That's a lot of your day just, you know, interacting with. I, I interact with it a lot during these four hours. I actually have it charging right next to me because it already died. It's uh, it's 3 o'clock and my phone died already because I used it too much on National Unplug Day. Um, the most popular times to use your phone for an extended period of time are in bed at night uh, on any kind of work breaks and, of course, when you go to the bathroom, which I've actually said this too, and I, I mean it. There's got to be a way for us to invent some sort of, like, disposable pouches that we put our phones in right before we go into the restroom every time we do it, probably with some sort of Craig Collins logo on it. Because, again, branding's important. But I think we need those. I think we need, like, the latex glove of the cell phone in the bathroom world to prevent any sort of terrible germs that could continue to be spread by the fact that every single one of us, every single one, if you say no, you lie, 829-2345, prefers to have the phone with you in the restroom as opposed to leaving it out of that. 24% of employees have secretly used their phone during a meeting. I don't know if that's true for you, but uh, it, it might be true. I don't think secretly. Like, you know, in my industry, it's cool. I think we get forgiveness when you use it. It looks like you're doing a work-related thing. So even if you're in a meeting and you glance down, like that's, you know, I, I don't think we get in trouble. At least I hope not. I haven't been in trouble yet. 18% of us have tripped or bumped into something because of a distraction, uh, being that, that we're using the phone too much. I'm in that camp. I'm one of the 18. Um, and actually, just as far as the being in bed thing goes and using the phone there, one more thing that probably should stop happening is that for all of us. Uh, the other night I was going to bed with my wife, and, and we're both on our phones for like 25 minutes, and I just threw the comment out, and I'm by far worse at it than she is. She very often can put technology away and fall asleep like a human, and I just can't. Um, but I, I made the comment that I saw a story about how, you know, there was there were great conversations that relationships would have at night when you're, like, falling asleep. You'd have those meaningful, you know, interactions of how your day went and, you know, really open up to each other right before you both whisk off into dreamland. And those conversations are dying because of the cell phone. So often now, if people, you know, share a living space and, and share a bed, they don't converse right before falling asleep because we have our own telephones. That's sad. We need to fix those things. And uh, my wife would be thrilled if I if I put the phone away more because I just can't. I, I don't know. It, it's a crutch now. You feel like you can't fall asleep without it. Did, did you guys used to read books, 829-2345, before, you know, nodding off? It's the same thing, just there's lights, and I guess it, it does worse, and it makes you stay awake longer because of all that. But I figure it out. Today is National Unplug Day. 
Um, so we all should do some sort of unplugging, and I'll probably do it after the show. I'll just leave all my stuff here at work and not come back and get it till Sunday. Does that work? I don't think it does. Uh, you can make money binge-watching The Office. That is a brand-new thing out there in the world, about a 1000 bucks if you watch at least 15 hours of The Office over a nine-day period. It is in celebration of the 15th anniversary of the show. Of course, social media is involved. Of course, uh, Dish is the company that's giving it out, too, so you probably have to be a subscriber to the Dish platform. But if you can you know, share and, and do things and even apply, there's an application process that uh, closes on the 16th. But if you can get all that done and you get chosen, you will make $1,000 as long as you can binge watch just 15 hours of the show. That's not even, I, to a pro binger like me, that's nothing. I could do that in a couple days. You know, I, don't th- I hope you don't have to do it straight because a lot more things are complicated. Uh, it's at over a nine-day celebration, so it's not, that's nothing. That's barely, you know, <laughs> I don't know if uh, I'm now letting people judge me on how little I think 15 hours is over a nine-day period. That's, that's easy, man. That's, I don't even think that's a good binge. You've got to get way more than that, you know, in to, d- to make it a thing. It, I guess it works out to about five episodes a day, but I want to set a Guinness World Record. It's a thing I want to do. I've wanted to do it for a long time, probably since I knew that they were a thing. Uh, Neil, do you have any interest in setting a Guinness World Record? I can't say it's on the top of my list, but I think it would be kind of cool. You wouldn't hate it. No, not at all. You'd wear the T-shirt if you you set it. They sent one out, Neil Doyle, world record holder. You'd walk around with it. Oh, 100%. Okay, see, me too. I just like my trophies from when I was in fourth grade basketball. I would have it somewhere very proud. A California man has set a world record for eating Big Macs. What do you think that's uh, tabbed at? How many Big Macs do you think is world record worthy? Is this like in one sitting? Yeah, Uh, he actually did it in about 38 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, which both the time and the, the amount is where you're trying to... So you'd have to eat more than this amount in 38 minutes and 15 seconds to break his record. 38 minutes? He probably ate... Juggling it, thinking about it. 40, 42. That's a good guess. That's only 32. So if you could throw down 42, you'd crush him. You'd be the record holder for sure. And by the way, I wouldn't pick Big Mac. That wouldn't be like my, my sandwich of choice if I had to go world record. I'd probably do something from Chick-fil-A, like their chicken sandwich. That'd be a pretty fun one. That would be good. Right? Exactly. But I want one. I want a world record. And there's some really weird Guinness World Records, too, that I don't think are hard. Uh, There's even ones that are just like a bunch of people doing the same thing at the same time. Maybe all of Bloomington could do one together. Maybe we can all set some record as like people who set off a, a, a sparkler at the same time. That's a record. So we could we could figure it out, oh, wow. and then I will finally have one, Neil. I will finally have one. That would be a lot to organize, I feel like. I know. Yeah. It's it's thousands of people yeah. at this point because it's dumb because cities get involved. Like, you got to get mayors and people to do it. It's not enough to just have Collins yelling about it on the radio. Um, sh- uh, <laughs> I can't even speak. Shifting gears, how much money do you think you need in Illinois to be happy? What, what salary do you think you need? Um, in Illinois, I'll say... 65,000, 70,000. That's an interesting guest. Uh, GoBankingRates.com recently put together a list of how much money you need, and they had three different categories. Salary you need to be happy, salary you need for life evolution, and then salary for need for emotional well-being. So being happy and emotional well-being were separate categories, apparently, because like fully happy might mean a little bit more. In Illinois, as in most of the states in this country, to be fully happy, you actually need over $90,000 a year, $99,645. I don't know how they came up with a specific number. 
that's very uh, specific that they have it to the dollar amount. If you just want to have a better life than most, you need ninety grand, ninety thousand one fifty five. And if you want emotional well being, you need fifty six nine to seventy one one. Those are the ranges. If it's under that, emotional well being is you got no chance. Apparently, I know. But fifty six nine is the lowest level. Almost every state in our country, you needed $90,000 collectively, uh, this is for a family, um, to be happy. Um, so if you didn't have that amount of money, 89000 the only one that was under, New Mexico. If, you, if you're wondering where you need to move, uh, some of the other bigger ones, New York, of course, $144,000 to be truly happy. Uh, California, around the same, $144,585 to be happy. So it's it's... I don't know how these stats get brought up. Like, I don't know. Do they just survey people and then they get, like, ranges? Because, like, how much research goes into this, you know? Like, if I do one survey and they're like, how much money do you make? And I say the amount. And then are you happy? And I say yes. Is that enough? I could be lying. We yeah. need we need to dive deeper here, people. Yeah, I would feel like you'd have to get more specific. Because it's just right. like, oh, are you... Are you happy? Right. right. Anybody could lie about that. And honestly, if you're thrifty, like you can be happy with less money. Like there's it's the certain things that you desire in life. If you go, you know, uh, thrift store shopping only, man, I don't think you need the 90 K to, to be doing fine to get new products all the time. It's a to each his own kind of thing. And yeah. And even here in Illinois, I feel like if, you know, you're up in the Chicago land area. Sure. sure maybe, you, you know, especially especially for a family. Sure. Maybe you need to be making at least. 90k to to kind of be getting by but mm-hmm. you know you're blooming to normal i feel right. like if you had doing 90, a little bit better yeah i mean i feel like you can kind of get off with you know 90,000 as a family down here the cost of living a little different see just like our politics the problem with any survey chicago ruins it for the rest of us it just ruins everything uh that is true because the other big uh states to have that same thing are all the ones that have huge cities in them new york los angeles uh etc and then again New Mexico, I guess, if you <laughs> if you want to take it easy. that's I. You need more money in Alaska than New Mexico. That surprised me. Uh, one last thing, and then i got to take a break. Uh, coronavirus, it's in the news all the time. And one thing they keep telling you not to do is touch your face. And the reason why I actually talked to uh, McLean County Health Department just yesterday about it is the droplets that would come out of a sneeze or anything, they can't, like, break your skin. So, like, if somebody sneezed and it didn't get in your face to begin with but landed on your hand, you have to bring your hand to your face to to get sick. So everyone is saying, do not touch your face. But I haven't seen a lot of this. How do we achieve that? What are the best tips to stop touching your face if that's something you don't want to do? Do you have any sort of tricks, any sort of you know things that have worked for you, maybe nail biting, anything like that? 829-2345 if you've ever stopped touching your face or, or had a problem with it. Because even like in, in high school, if you have a lot of acne, uh, one thing doctors will tell you to do is try to you touch your face less. That's a that's a very common tip, but it's it's harder than it seems. We touch our faces a lot more than we realize. So there are some tips, some strategies you can use to to do that less. I'll take a break and I'll give you some after this. But eight two nine two three four five. If you have any, if you had a kid that was a nail biter, whatever it is, if you have some tips to share, please give us a call eight two nine two three four five. It's Craig Collins show. AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, We're going to dive deep into a a psychology term, a psychology thing. It's called operant conditioning. Uh, I know I'm not going to get too complicated, but trust me, this is how we all stop ourselves from touching our faces. Uh, First, do you even realize how often you do it? A lot of new advice to keeping yourself healthy during flu season or the the media uh, being afraid of coronavirus, and you should be too. 
to some extent, not to their extent, but to some extent, one of the biggest tips is to stop putting your hands on your face. Um, and it's because, as I said before the break, that all these little like viruses and things that get on your hands, they can't go through your skin. The only way they get in your body is when you pull your hands up to your face and then you inhale them, you get them in your mouth, your eyes, wherever. Once they get an opening, they're in. So the first tip uh, is just be mindful. It's the kind of thing that you do you know, all the time whenever you're trying to improve anything in your life. Every time you interact with your face, realize it uh, and keep telling yourself to try to realize it. And more importantly, maybe start to notice when you're going to touch your face and try to stop yourself. If that doesn't work for you, also wearing gloves, might the sensory of it might be surprising enough that you know, every time your face comes, your hands come up to your face and you feel that glove texture, maybe that'll remind you you should stop doing this kind of thing. Uh, there also is this, though, which is where we get into the operant conditioning things. Uh, they're called positive and negative forms of reinforcement. A positive form of reinforcement, this is a little confusing, but a positive form of reinforcement is actually doing something uh, to reinforce a behavior. Negative is taking something away. So in the case of doing something, Every time you touch your face, if you want to learn how to touch it less, wash your hands. Every single time. It's a penalty. It's something you have to do because you touched your face. Immediately go, 30 seconds, happy birthday, or Toto's Africa, and clean those hands up, and you'll find yourself doing it less because the penalty is too much. The opposite would be to take something away. Every time you touch your face, you have to penalize yourself somehow. And maybe it can be pretty extreme. Maybe it be stuff like, you know, you don't get uh, chips or a snack, uh, you know, that you wanted. Whatever it is, you've got to start taking things away. Maybe even just putting your phone away for five minutes. That penalty alone might be a lot to deal with. But these are tips that they're throwing out there, ways to get yourself to touch your face less. If you notice yourself doing it, either, you know, make yourself do something like wash the hands or the opposite, take something away. The cell phone would work, right? Like if every time you touched your face, you had to stop for five minutes, put the phone away, not touch it, or 10 or 15, whatever amount, I think that would make us, you could change any behavior with that as the penalty, I imagine. This is my guess. Neil, do you think so? I would, I would say. So the, the, how much time do you think is the sweet spot? Like if you're trying to change any behavior in life and the penalty is, is phone loss, uh, just 10 minutes or do you need more? Ten minutes probably be pretty good. Maybe even like thirty. You think if the penalty was thirty minutes of no phone, you would anything would change in a day? Maybe not a day, but I would say pretty, pretty quick. Pretty quickly, yeah. It would also be hard to actually like keep honest in that world. Like, okay, this face touch didn't count. Right. The next one does. Yeah, I was gonna say you have to really police yourself, but, right? But that be that could be hard. So. Right. Uh, well, the opposite then is just like you know going and washing your hand. Would you rather? Do something in response to a behavior you want to change or take something away? Which one do you fall in the camp of? I would rather do something. So rather yeah. wash your hands every time you touch your face, every single time you got to go do that 30-second wash? I think at first you'd be like, all right, got to go do it. And then after you know, uh-huh. ever, you know, ever so many, you'd be like, okay, Fine. this is kind of, you know, <laughs> this is getting rough. I got to be better. Right. Uh, the last thing it says, itching is obviously a problem. Uh, you got to itch your face every so often. It's, you, you can fight it, but eventually you got to do it. The article I found recommends from MSN.com that you get these little wooden scratchers, like the ones you have for a back, but like mini ones for the face, and you scratch yourself with those, but you still got to clean them. So that's another part of it. But to keep your hands away and maybe keep those items, you know, in a lockbox so no one's sneezing on them, but scratch yourself with those instead of with your, your hands. And maybe that alone 
would get you to stop. Every time you interact with your face, you have to go and grab the wooden spoon and then, you know, uh, scratch with that. Maybe that enough is enough to be like, okay, I'm just I'm done doing this. But it will keep us healthier this, this you know, flu season or whatever, uh, whenever any sort of this kind of stuff uh, comes out. And even honestly, like I said, if you, if you struggle with acne at all, keeping your hands away from your face, especially now, man, like there's so many germs on these hands <laughs> all the time. The phone is the biggest victim. The McDonald's uh, a menu that I talked about earlier this week can get you a lot of stuff. So we should just we should probably just keep them in our pockets all the time. Does that sound appropriate? I think you know might look a little funny if everybody's walking around with their nope, hands uh-uh. in the pocket, but that's all right. It's better for society, Neil. <laughs> we all got to do it. No one can take hands out of pockets. That is my uh, idea for a rule that maybe gets put in place at some point. Right. Uh, I want to talk about warp drive, uh, but I'll do it in a second because I don't know why. Like I'm in a I'm in a fun Friday mood, but for me, fun Friday means you know deep dive into science things. <laughs> so I'll hit that in a second. But warp drive being potentially real as a sentence. How excited are you? Eight two nine two three four five. The like crazy thing you see in like you know Star Wars movies and stuff where they they hit the the faster than light speed travel. To me, that is an exciting thing, and I at least have one study that claims it could be real someday. Uh, but before I get to that, I'm going to beg people to go to my Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Craig Collins Show. Uh, go now if you're not driving. If you are, pull over and go. If you're at all a fan of Gordon Ramsay, are you a fan of the Ramsay, uh, Neil Doyle? You got any fandom in the Gordon Ramsay, the the guy on TV who criticizes other uh, chefs for things? No? All right. Neil doesn't care. Neil's, Neil's checked out. He doesn't care. Uh, but Gordon Ramsay's a baby. He has a child. He's got a little, tiny, very cute baby. Um, but it looks, the baby's face in a recent picture looks like he's very ready to be a reality TV star, a reality TV judge. Uh, it's a very judgmental little, like, one eyebrow up kind of look. So check it out. Go to the social medias, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show, and tell me what you think. It's the perfect photo. Um, when babies act just like their parents, it's it's always awesome. And in this case, it seems like he's going to be, you know, uh, right from the same the same DNA exactly, like full on immediately taking on all the uh, attributes of pop. Uh, but, okay, let's talk about warp drive. Warp drive is exciting to me. Um, faster than uh, the speed of light travel is potentially a thing. Uh, proposed way back in 1994 by a Mexican physicist. Uh, the basic idea in layman's terms, the way that it says here, is you're stretching the fabric of space-time into a wave, causing the space around you to go fast, and then you expand it again or something in order to then be somewhere totally different. You can also co- call it like a, a warp bubble, uh, but apparently a new study, a new um, statement on this, continues to demonstrate some of the actual science that could be behind this sort of thing, and so if we ever get to a point like where we can just warp places, like I don't know if that's good or bad for society. Like if you can just like beam to anywhere you want at any moment, eight two nine two three four five. I don't know how we manage to like not crash into each other and then maybe explode. Like I don't know what a, a warp drive crash is like, but if that's a thing, if we can all eventually do it, and I don't know if it's like self contained little mini ships or if we actually have to be in big giant, you know, uh, shit, but that sounds so cool. This sounds so cool that I desperately want it to be a real thing um, today and not just something we continue to abstractly talk about. Warp drive, making the world a better place, right? In 2020, for sure. I think it 
could be done. Okay. Maybe. Well, they, apparently there's more science behind it now. Do you think it would be an irresponsible thing for us to all just have the ability to do? Like, say you're having a bad day at work. You want to take a quick break and go to, I don't know, Hawaii. You warp there for an hour, and then you come back after lunch. Is that the kind of thing that we'd see a lot more of if we all had the ability? I think you know, for for us, that'd be great. Now, for maybe the employers, I don't know if that Not would, the best. Uh, would go over so well. So that that could create some hiccups. Well, and I also wonder how hard it would be to manage. Like, if every human being walking the earth all of a sudden had access to, like, you know, warping wherever you want to go, whenever. I think places could be overrun quite easily. You know, like say just in a simple version, like lunchtime at a McDonald's. If everyone warped in at twelve exactly, that could get really dicey, and then all the workers would just warp out. They'd all just immediately leave like, no, we don't want any part of this. We're out of here. Uh, but at the same time, like if we can advance our technology that far, I want access, man. Could you I ma- want it. Could you imagine people all warping like to Disney World or something? Like, I mean, now <laughs> right, or Hawaii. Oh, I mean, it'd like, be yeah. unreal. Right. I know. Like 830 at the beach in Hawaii, all of a sudden everybody warps there and it'd be terrible. Just be the worst. Uh, like a, what a theme park would be the worst yeah. thing everything, as you said. Like you'd all be in, in line at the same ride. Uh, but you could just keep trying to like warp out. That's and, what I was gonna say. The only good, yeah, if it's like supercar, like all right, maybe I'll try <laughs> try back in an hour, right? Yeah. Or maybe I'll just try a different theme park altogether. Yeah, you know, I, it would be irresponsible if this technology ever exists for all of us. But hey, we've handled things before. We'll be okay. I want it real. Maybe we just do it like everybody gets a day, right? Like uh, people with a a C name get it one day of the year, one day of the month. Somebody else gets it a different day. We got to spread this out. Maybe when your birthday is. Ooh. You know, that yeah, would, that would work. You get a You get the warp stick for that one day. <laughs> and I don't know how many friends you get to bring with. I don't know how it works. But if this is really a thing and they're going to continue to talk about it, I'm going to continue to talk about it. And I'm way too excited. Uh, before I take a break, I want to pay off the story I mentioned before the news. Guinness World Record alternate endings to a children's book. Uh, an author out of Sri Lanka recently said it. She's 90, by the way. And it probably took her a while to write this book. But there are a legitimate amount of endings, and I guess that's all. That's the total requirement. They don't have to be good. They just have to be real endings. And then Guinness record. How many endings do you think you need in a book? Eight two nine two three four five. If you want to play, I have no prize to give away. I'm sorry. Uh, but how many endings do you think you need to be a Guinness World Record holder in this world? I told you there are weird Guinness records. That is an interesting. This is a very specific one. Children's book, alternate endings, Guinness World Record. I feel like this could be pretty high. It's going to be real high, man. Uh, 300 different endings. I don't know. Uh, yeah, not, not even close. Not even close. You took a big whiff there. The amount of endings, 1,250. Wow. I don't even know what the story's about. The book is called Wonder Crystal, and uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's about an elf, I guess, or, or some sort of theft of an umbrella. Uh, there's mystical characters in it. There's all kinds of stuff. 1,250 different endings I, you'd never want to read that book. You'd never want to do it. There's just way too many things. Yeah, you would get confused. Right. Like, even if you got like to the 50th one, you're like, I can't I remember can't, what happened right. in the second one. I don't right? know any of these. Yeah. You ever uh, read a Choose Your Own Adventure, though? I have before. They yeah. are great. Yeah. They are a lot of fun. But again, you always have to go back when you screw up to get the best end. I wonder if there's only one good ending. If there's 1,249 terrible endings and just like one victory. Because this book would be... Ah, uh, you'd, you'd do it for months before you eventually figured out. There all right. Pro- there probably is, and I'm sure she won't tell you which one no. is the best. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no idea at all. It's the hardest one to find, too. A uh, quick break and a lot more on AM 1230. I'm going to touch base with the Midway Marauders uh, head coach, Tim. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him because they've been crushing 
the teams they've been playing this year. Uh, and they'll be playing here soon locally for the first time. Uh, their first home game is just in a few days. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, there is a football team that will start playing games locally very soon that has won their first two games of the season 65 to nothing and 70 to 1. That is one of the most impressive stats I will ever throw out on this very radio program. Uh, Tim Arvanitis is the head coach for the Midway Marauders who will play their home games right here in Bloomington at the Grossinger Motors Arena. Tim, welcome to the show again. Oh, thanks for having me, Craig. It's always a pleasure when I'm on your show. Uh, did you expect going into the season? Like, I don't. I actually uh, apologize for this. I, I'm not sure how big the blowouts were in the previous seasons. Although I know you guys, very good football team, in the championship game two years in a row. But did you expect it to go like this uh, early on this season? You know what? I'll tell you. I'm kind of surprised, actually. Uh, our guys have worked hard, but normally. You find you know your team struggles in the beginning and really excels towards the end of your season. Yeah. Uh, but we've we've turned that around. We we've excelled uh, quickly in week one and two of our season, and I only anticipate us getting better as the season goes on. Well, I, I also would say this because I think I saw um, the social media post about the sixty-five to nothing score in week one, and I was like, well, how do you top that? Like all the players going into that game, <laughs> game two, it's like, how do you do? And this is arena football for anyone uh, unaware of what we're talking about. Like, offense is a huge part of this game. So your defense was just impressive as hell in week one. And then week two, 70-1, to the only reason there was a point was what happened again? Well, we we scored the touchdown, and we were going to kick the extra point. It was blocked by the defense. Uh, One of the defenders scooped it up and ran it back for that one point. uh, So a fluke. And they were awarded that point. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah. Go ahead. We were kind of surprised that it was blocked, uh, and that's why we didn't chase them down as quick as we should have. Right, yeah, a, a fluke one point so far. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would have two blowouts and just a massive. How does, I don't, I don't want to you know, be mean about it. I'm not trying to be, but how does the other team react when they walk off the field and they just lost by 65-plus points? How does that, are they, is there any version of like feeling, you, it's kind of like you're playing a video game against a, a, a kid who's nowhere near as good as you. I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah, you know what? They're certainly frustrated. I could tell by yes. the, the head coach of the other teams and, and by the players that, that walk off the field that they've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, they they uh, uh, they anticipate seeing us again, and I anticipate them being more prepared uh, the next time we see them during the regular season. But uh, they are dejected when you get beat like that because, like you said, uh, arena football, it's a high-scoring game for both sides. It's supposed football, to be. Not just for one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our defense, like I told you, is tenacious. They're vicious. They hit hard. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen uh, offensive players from the other team get uh, uh, knocked to the turf uh, quickly. So uh, our guys, uh, and you know what, they enjoy it. They they get up from the pile and they're smiling. They just, of course, they enjoy playing this game. Yeah, and, and the way they play it is very very intense. Well, look, and I mean the excitement level should only be higher in Bloomington now because uh, we have a, a local team that's going to be playing their games here, and they are very good. If you look from these first two games, and I'm not going to make you say it, Tim, I'll say it. Very very good. I imagine the first like uh, few plays when your defense is lining up, maybe the offense on the other side is like the lights go on, the eyes open up a little bit brighter, and they're like, okay, like this is this is a different style of team. And we're used to playing. Do you do you credit anything for the success here? Is there anything that you'd say would be the reason you seem to be so dominant so early? Well, I certainly think our, our opponents they they see the results. You know, they see how how tough we are on film. They see how aggressive we are, and and that's your resume. That's your calling card. And I always told our guys, leave it out on the field. You know, try your hardest on every single play, 
and, uh, you know, the, the score will take care of itself. And what I'm seeing is our guys, uh, they're going 150 miles an hour on either side of the ball, and they're doing a lot of great things. I mean, I, I saw in practice this last week, uh, you know, our receivers were catching balls that were uncatchable. I mean, they're going above <laughs> and beyond, uh, really yeah. trying to sharpen that knife and put together a great product for all of our fans to enjoy. Yeah, there was a big announcement recently about a game you guys will be playing in April. Uh, real quick, do you want to tell us what that is? Yeah, you know what? We're really excited about it. Uh, our ownership has reached out to the old ownership of the Bloomington Edge, and they've agreed to terms. Uh, we are going to play the Bloomington Edge uh, on April 25th at 6 o'clock at Grossinger Motors uh, wow. Arena, and uh, uh, it's going to be a great contest. Not only do we want everybody to come out for that game, but we want everybody to come out to all of our home games and, and just rally behind the Midway Marauders. We, we definitely want to make sure that uh, – we represent your community very well. Yeah, and we want to make sure that we come out and support a team that's blowing guys out 65 to nothing and 70 to 1 because if you're going to be, you know, fans of the home team, they'll be scoring a lot of points and probably a lot of really big defensive plays too. So it's it'll be very exciting football to watch if the trend continues after the first couple of weeks. Uh, and it's very cool that you guys would honor the history of, of arena football here by playing the Bloomington Edge, too. So thank you, Tim, for joining the show. And, oh, uh, you know, hell you. of success for you guys. So congratulations on that so far. Thank you so much, Craig. Thanks for having me. Uh, the Drake Bulldogs, they beat Northern Iowa 77-56. to That could have been ISU. This could have happened. Uh, didn't the Redbirds beat uh, Northern Iowa this year, too? Didn't Early, that happen? Yeah, earlier here they did. Yeah, see, see, first, see! First time, too, Northern Iowa was the one seed. Mm-hmm. First time in 30 years of the Arch Madness tournament that a one seed has lost in the quarterfinal. In the opening round. Yeah. Man, and I had, I have tickets sitting at home. I asked for today off so I could go to this game. <laughs> and I, they were like, yeah, we've had technical issues, Craig. Can you, can you hang just in case? Uh, but no, it's, this is exactly why basketball is so great, why March Madness is so awesome. Arch Madness is awesome. Uh, Drake stuns top-seeded Northern Iowa. Their NCAA hopes might be totally over. Um, yeah, that's tough. It's going to be rough. A lot of people thought this this is only a one-team league. Yep. I, I mean, they've mm-hmm. been good, but I just don't think their resume is strong enough. Man, you know, um, i got a buddy out of Chicago who does some stuff on the score. Uh, his name is Jordan Stone. Uh, he will be on next week to to preview all of the bracket. It sounds like Neil, you're going to be deep deeply invested too in all oh, this. I'm, I'm okay, ready to go for all that. Right. Yeah. I might just like take the day off. Just let Jordan <laughs> host the show with you. We'll do an extended NCAA coverage. How's your thing going, by the way? How's the? Uh... Well, that right there in the Missouri Valley that screwed me. I had Northern Iowa winning the Missouri of Valley course. tournament, so uh, that's not. I'm going to lose some points there. I'm right in the middle of the pack. You know, okay. more towards the front, but I'm not winning. So, okay. still a lot of basketball left. So we'll uh, see what happens and this is how many times have you done this now the big giant crazy uh pre-ncaa tournament extra tournament thing the uh the old conference tournament challenge sure. I think that's what he calls it uh this is my third year doing okay it. Yeah. do people ever get like kind of uh do they f- like is there any sort of taunting that goes on any of that stuff any kind of celebratory i'm beating you kind of stuff not as much it's okay. more our friend steve who who runs it loyal listener as well jbc oh. listener uh, he's the hey, one who put, he puts it together, but he sends an email, a daily email out every day, and he'll kind of poke things at people if somebody you know didn't do well or if somebody's winning. That right now there's somebody winning that I don't think anybody expected would be at the top. Ah. So he's kind of you know pokes some digs at him. So more like that, but yeah, I'm sure some guys are texting each other. You know, okay, kind of you know getting under each other's skin. Just curious if it ever get to the point where like maybe there's a little feud going and one person would purchase a animatonically correct skeleton and display it outside <laughs> of their house. This is a story. I have out of new mexico uh so the i guess these neighbors are fighting uh one name is diana uh the other guy's name is joseph 
Um, Joseph moved into town about a year ago now, and I guess he's been like doing some dumb things. And honestly, like either way, eight two nine two three four five. If you have like a good neighbor story, because it's a Friday, we can be uplifting, or a, a neighbor horror story. I would love to take some of those on AM twelve thirty WJBC, or just any kind of feud uh, story playing off of uh, Neil's uh, bracket stuff that he's been doing, and, and I assume feuding. But this one, this is nuts. So I guess the guy moves in about a year ago. He plays a lot of loud music. He's disruptive. He harasses other neighbors, according to uh, the woman who was recently in trouble with law enforcement. And I guess some family member bought this guy, Steve, an anatomically correct skeleton uh, that cost about 1500 bucks, which he displayed in his front yard, pointed toward Diane's home, and there was an obscene gesture going on. Uh, fingers were raised. Hands were raised in certain ways. And I, I get that over time, if this is just something he's leaving in his front yard, it would make Diane upset. She'd start to get mad, like, this stupid person, they're just, like, doing this every day with that stupid skeleton. So she snuck over one day and, and stole it. <laughs> she took it. She she tried to, you know, not necessarily destroy it, but at least hide it from him. Uh, he's got security cameras. He caught her in the act. It's now a whole criminal thing. Uh, the cops are involved. She's in trouble. She's actually going to face some, like, legal stuff because she stole his property. But i got to be honest, man, as I read through this whole story, if I'm believing Diane, uh, some of the stuff that Joseph does in the neighborhood, he sets off these propane cannons, which are supposed to be used by farmers to scare birds away. He just does it for fun at home. Uh, like I said, he plays loud music. He drives real fast in the neighborhood. He sounds like, you know, if she's telling the truth, uh, kind of a jerk. Yeah, I mean, this guy doesn't sound great, but you just you feel bad for her because, right, she just obviously got to her tipping point, right, and went over there and, and she st- took his and, stupid and, skeleton, and stole it, and it's like, ah, oh, that's when you that's when it turns on on her. I now. know oh. you can't you can't do that, but there should be something in the law. Now, granted, I, I will say this with the I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I don't know who's telling the truth. Downs did not answer. Uh, his name is Joseph Downs. Didn't answer any uh, contact requests from any of the uh, the news organizations that are following this story. There should be some sort of like there being a jerk law. You know what I mean? Like, like, come on, wouldn't that be great? Like, there's some level you can't like punch a dude or something. I think we have a a bra- like a line here. But if the other person is antagonizing and being a a complete you know crap hole or whatever word you want to use uh, in place of that, if they're being that kind of person, then I think you should get one. Like, you get one little thing you get to do in response to their crappiness. I just feel like I I would love that idea. Thank you. I, I just you know, but like I wonder if she called like is he allowed to have that skeleton out there See? doing like what it was like but then again maybe she doesn't want to be the person to be like oh I'm gonna call the she cops just took on it you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he called the cops no you're right there's in neighborhoods all the time you have those like an offensive Christmas decoration gets taken down because the neighborhood complains but that's it's not the fastest way to deal with stuff and I don't know for like anyone that's had one of these eight two nine two three four five i imagine like neighbor disputes they have to be the worst i this is the first time i've lived in a house uh in a long time i rented a lot of apartments in chicago so you had a bunch of neighbors but it was just different like when you actually live in the house like you're kind of stuck you don't want to sell your home because joseph is such a, a dweeb next to you you know like that's not the right approach so you got to find a way to to figure it out and i think just stealing his stuff is okay that's me i wonder do you think she did it like planned it out did she go over at night like yes she did sneaky yeah she did it early hours of the morning so late evening early morning she tried to to just keep it and not actually destroy it and she immediately admitted it 
when uh, security camera uh, was mentioned and like the cops showed up. She's like, no, I did that. But it was it was a middle finger gesture uh, sticking my way. And I just I wanted it to stop. I, yeah, I wondered if she was just so fed up like mid-afternoon just said, all right, I'm, I'm going over there and just going to take it. Well, and honestly, I don't know what the, the rule is there or anywhere, even here, like a propane cannon in the middle of the day. I know like it's not quiet hours, but that sounds fairly disruptive. I can't imagine that that's, you know, allowed. Like there, there has to be a lot of stuff that he's doing that playing loud music at all hours. Those things, you can call the cops and get them to... To stop, right? Yeah, you know, maybe that's just normal practice okay. there. I, yeah, I don't know. You ever called the cops on a neighbor? I don't know. I don't think I have. No, me, never. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. Uh, one, one, one time. It was one, one time. Um, and I was like, my buddy and I were still like, we were just out of college. Like, we we get it. You throw parties, and we were living in an apartment complex that I think we were all the same age. But the the neighbors above us would throw late night parties all the time. And, like, some of the times we'd go. Those would be fun. Like, when we, when we would swing up there and just, like, give up on sleeping and go. But I forget it was, like, a Sunday night, and we both had to work the next day. And we were asking them, and they didn't care. A lot of them were drunk. And eventually we called the – that ruined it. It ruined it. You could never come back from that because even though, like, you never admitted it to the guy, he kind of knew. If you complain two or three times in the evening and then cops show up, the odds of it being you that called the cops are high. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of gets traced back. So maybe. it makes things worse, not better, uh, when you get them involved because cause then just the animosity between everybody. It was just like, you know, when we tried to explain ourselves, I think we eventually just said, like, come on, man, it was a Sunday. We had to please, like, you don't hate us so much, but it you, you can't get it back. So I, I also kind of get her move here because if she had called the cops on him or if he's been called a bunch, you know, that only makes things worse, and it only gets the skeleton with the – the double, the double uh, uh, things going on. She you know just, what I mean? She was just trying to help the neighbor. Right. You know? She really, she, she, you know, dived on the grenade so everybody else could be happier. I don't know what the end result is, but she could be fined a bunch of money. She technically faces jail time, but I can't imagine anyone sends her to jail for this. But uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing. Eight two nine two three four five. If you have a neighbor story that you'd love to share, pro or con, I'm taking those. Back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, my, my new friend Leah is in studio setting up for Reality Bites, which will be celebrating 5 o'clock with us, Neil. I don't know if you've been to Reality Bites recently, but they are here in studio. They got food. They got drinks and stuff. Uh, they're going to make some cocktails live on the show. I love Reality Bites. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're, they're hanging. Leah's yeah. here. Uh, we're going to put her on radio in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, I'm just going to chat about some silly things because... That's a, a lot of what this radio show is. Uh, an Australian newspaper is, is kind of playing back. I guess there's, there's a bit of a run on toilet paper there uh, because of fears of the coronavirus. There's runs on all kinds of stuff. Uh, and by the way, that's not, I'm not trying to make a pun. Um, but there's a lot of things going on as far as like people going to stores and buying. Are, have you prepared at all on the off chance that Neil Doyle gets quarantined? I went and bought some beers you yesterday. Did? Yeah, I no, can't I mean, believe it. Not well, maybe not for coronavirus sake. Uh-huh. But, I, but I have a bunch of beer, so if something happens, you bought extra, didn't you? Like one case would have been enough, but you bought three I just did, on the off. I did buy See? the uh, twenty-four pack instead Man. of just a twelve. Normally, I just do like a twelve right. pack. I said, Nah, you know what? Let's you never the, know. Let's do the twenty-four. Well, I guess in Australia, like it's, it's toilet paper that everybody's buying. So a newspaper put eight pages of just blank sheets at the end of their newspaper and said, "If you're in a pinch." We're here for you. And they put that out recently, the NT News. That is very considerate, I would say. I think that probably helps raise the readership. If they find a, a community cause and they can address it for you, right? Oh, it makes it, yeah. Honestly. 
I don't know that it's the the optimum solution, <laughs> but it is one out there. Uh, in other news, and I kind of like this story a lot, a uh, university kid, uh, he probably had uh, one too many to drink. He was not at Reality Bites, by the way. They don't do anything like that over there. Yep, but he was he was somewhere, and uh, he had enough alcohol that he needed an Uber to get him home. Uh, but as you see every so often with these viral stories, he put in the wrong state as the place he was going. And the Uber driver, see, I'm curious about these, man. Have you ever heard anyone that's done this? Do you know anybody that's taken a super long trip by accident? I've not, you, okay. not, not, not like going to a different state. No. Yeah. No, I've not, I've, I don't know anybody that's done that. But something at least a lot longer than they intended to do? Yeah, a little like wrong address, or, you know, maybe okay. 20 five 30 minutes out of the way but that's the max i've ever heard i think there should be and i'm not blaming the uber driver look man like the the transaction happens the guy goes to pick up somebody he's going where it tells him to go but like if you see a really hammered person and maybe this happened i don't actually see this as part of the story you got to confirm like three times like you sure you're going here like this address in this place are you sure the final bill was seventeen hundred dollars and the guy fell asleep in the back seat so he woke up to a $1,700 bill after a multi-hour car ride and the explanation, hey man, uh, what? Like what? He didn't even remember placing the order. Uh, The driver deserves the most stars that you can, like five is not enough stars. He decided to just forego the trip. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't drive him home. The driver had somewhere else to be. So he goes, you know what? I'm not going to give you a lift all the way back to where we're from because I've got other things I'm doing now that I'm, maybe he's got family in the area. I don't know. So the kid had to take a train back home, but the $1,700 bill just gone. I'll take the $20 train ride back. Honestly, seriously, man, the fact that you like so many stars have to be, and a tip for sure should be given somehow to this guy. At least 40 bucks for gas or getting there. It's Uh, like, I don't know. By the way, this isn't the end of the terrible story for James, the college kid. I guess he didn't have money for the ticket for the train. Because again, like, you know, things go rogue. So he got in trouble for that, even though they did get him home, and he wound up getting like a fine, and he had to go to a court thing, and so he missed class at, at school the next day. But honestly, like all told, all right, you miss a few classes, you got a little court thing, but you save seventeen hundred bucks. I still think this is a win for this guy. And I mean, we're assuming that probably intoxicated, drunk. It's like, does that make you not ever want to drink again? It's like, oh, no, go, no. go through that experience. No, you it's don't. Like, you don't give it up completely. I mean, my I would have had some heart palpitation. I wake up, oh, seventeen hundred dollar right. Uber bill. We're like, here. What are we doing here? Oh man, it's crazy. But yeah. James is is all for the better. And you're right. Maybe just uh, like I do, you got to filter the drinks you drink slower every so often and, and rely on those early in the evening. You know, like I've I've been doing a lot of wine now. A lot of where's this guy's friends? That's my next. I like like where where are people? Why are they just letting him? And again, I'm not trying to blame the Uber driver, but I think like you know, for your own sake, because people might not pay the amount. Like it it does make sense to double, triple, quadruple check. Are you sure that you want to go on a seventeen hundred dollar ride right now? Are you positive? Because there's a chance they're not. Although it does happen, like people get. I ride with Uber drivers that give rides to Chicago all the time. See, I wasn't sure. I was going to say, like, how often, you know, maybe that guy's given some long rides before. Yeah. I, I don't know how how, how often that all, people how are that works. ordering, like, a long ride like that. So, I don't know. Maybe he just thought, yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't know. know. But if the guy gets in the back seat, he's hammered, and then he falls asleep, like, you got to... You got to question it a tad. You probably pull over at like the next exit at McDonald's, try to wake the kid up. Be like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> you we're sure? on the road. This is right. where we're going. Are you sure this? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, well, all right, it happened. Uh, I'm going to take a break. Reality Bite seems like they're all ready to go, so we're going to talk to Leah in just a second. First, some commercials on AM 12:30, and then we're celebrating five o'clock, even a tad early. I got a date in my mouth. Hold on, one second. Bacon wrap date in my mouth.
Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Leah Powell is in studio. Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Craig. Still chewing. Finish it up. Um, <laughs> those are amazing. The bacon right? wrap dates. So um, I was talking to Neil Doyle, my news guy, who uh, has been to Reality Bites quite a few times. You are the GM of Reality Bites, by the way. This is, this is like one of the IT products. For reality brights, right? Yeah, that's okay. been on there from day one, okay. and they are by far wildly are, popular. Yes, you also brought a sushi. You really classed the joint up a little bit there. We, <laughs> we try to bring some class your way. Yeah, Craig, that's you know? nice. Yeah, we I heard feel, you I could use it. I, I definitely can use it. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, and as exciting as all the food that you have in studio, that I'm going to try to eat yeah. more strategically during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also brought in a, uh, a bunch of different products to actually make a drink live on air for us. Live on so, air. I love yeah. it. Um, what is the drink you're going to be the making? The cocktail we're doing today, we're going to do a pineapple jalapeno margarita. Okay. Because we're just going to will summer yeah, to I mean, make an appearance at some it's point. It's going to be like 60-something on Sunday. It's getting better it's, out we're there. We're getting there. Okay. We really can't complain, right? The so, winter hasn't been bad. Before I put you to work and make you make drinks for us, yeah. um, uh, just tell me a little bit more about Reality Bites for anyone that doesn't know, like anything's going on, just anything. anything yeah, so you know, we've been around for a while. A lot of people know us mm-hmm. um, over the years. If you haven't been in in a while... We've made some changes inside. Nice. Um, we've got um, the, we took out the patio and bumped it out, and so now our patio seats has like um, the garage door that goes up, and there so you we go. have the exposed seating and everything. And um, we're just really pushing forward. We have um, a new chef, Chef Brandon, who started this year, and he's been doing awesome. And as yeah. you can see here, we've just now got into the sushi game a little bit. Yeah. Give it a little try. That's our monthly feature. One of our monthly features this month. Um, is a sushi roll. So we've got a lot of things going on. We're always trying to keep it new. When you've been around a while, you, you got to keep it fresh. Every right? so often, yeah. yeah. So then what are some of the, the uh, go-to items, some of the things you guys find that are the most popular outside of the, the sushi roll, which is newer, and the, the yeah. dates? What are some other things you so, have a lot of orders So in for? addition to the dates, our goat cheese balls have been around from pretty nice. much day one, too. Everybody loves those. Uh-huh. Um, lunchtime, our tacos. We've got a bunch of different flavors, tacos. We've got a pork taco, fish tacos, cool. salmon, all that good stuff. Um, those are super, super popular. Um, we have salads that are incredibly popular. Nice. It's you know we we have our staples, but yet we're always doing new stuff to mm-hmm. get people to come back. So it's not stale. So uh, I also know that, uh, chatting with you a little bit yeah. that it's not just uh, a GM for Reality Bites, but you yeah. actually do a bunch of stuff with your um, your private space. There's a there's another space for events and stuff. Correct. So a few years ago, we purchased a place around the corner on Monroe. Um, so we called it Reality on Monroe. Nice. We're original. <laughs> You guys are such clever namers. I mean. Yeah, honestly. Um, Can't so wait there to see we all do, your kids' names. I, no, go ahead. We do um, weddings, retirement parties, birthday parties, nice. graduation parties, pretty much um, anything you would have need to have uh, a room that would hold about 100 people. So mm, Cool. Um, it's, been, it's been going great. Um, the space is absolutely beautiful. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out online and um, How do they uh, reserve what numbers, what uh, emails? Um, all the they? info's on the website, okay, cool. uh, realityonmonroe.com. Perfect. Uh, my phone number's on there. Uh, fill out a form, shoot me an email, whatever you need to do. We'll get you set up. That sounds amazing. Um, so uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and start to make the uh, oh. margarita in studio. Margarita. This is very exciting. <laughs> Have you been a bartender for a while? Wow, 13 years. 13 years. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I mean, you started as a small child, which was inappropriate, not legal, but you did it. So 13 years. Life takes you in weird directions. It does. Um, Talk a little bit about that, about being a bartender in the city for a while. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I started 
bartending at Maggie Miley's, actually. Oh, you know? nice. There you go. Um, so, you know, shout out to my old Maggie's friends. <laughs> um, do you learned do, a lot there. Do, it was great. Do people talk to you about, is it like the the typical things you see on TV, being a bar? I've never gotten to be one. I've always yeah. wanted to. I fancy always myself. Wants to. See, I fancy myself a drink maker. But see, do, you, do you talk to a lot of the regulars about the life problems and stuff? Um, a little bit. Okay. It's it's not nearly as glamorous as... as, <laughs> as folks would no. have you you don't have like 25 best friends who come in every day no you okay. know norm his life is much sadder in real life right? okay guys yeah. yeah. it's good take okay yeah that's yeah, good to know good memory um but here yeah. you know in our with uh, this margarita you can see we don't use margarita mix we don't no. use sour mix i'm squeezing fresh lime yeah, in here for you um and we even use the agave nectar because you know what it's, right you want to make it as That's classy as possible. You can't have like the the regular mixed things and then have the sushi as fancy as it is behind me. I mean, everything is got to be the cohesive, tent. right? Right. That's what right. we call that. Cohesiveness. Oh, there we go. The gnat sounds shaking it like crazy. That's great. Sound of deliciousness. I know. Right look there. at that. <laughs> Margarita's in studio. I, I imagine Neil is pretty excited. Bartender Neil. By the way, my news guy. That's his. Twitter handle. He does see himself as a as an expert. He's the mixologist of the crew, if I you think, will. Well, that's, Neil, is that how you describe yourself? Well, I try. I, I don't think I can take a whole lot of credit, uh, but I try to be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got it. So maybe uh, if you ever need a guest bartender one time from the radio <laughs> station, Neil is down. Hey, that oh. sounds like a good uh, uh, charity event to good me. Little, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is Margarita Testing live on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, and it's delicious. Um, just a little bit of jalapeno. Just a little. A do little I do it through spice. the straw or am I cooler if I go yeah, yeah, no straw? However you want. However okay, you want I, I can be me. I didn't salt the rim. So <laughs> you know what? You're free to right. do as you please. Oh, man. Uh, this is great. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to chat with Leah a little bit more after the break. Don't show up. Don't come out. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I love celebrating Friday, uh, celebrating 5 o'clock. And Reality Bites, you guys are awesome. My new friend, Leah Powell, Aww. the GM of Reality Bites. Uh, amazing food brought in studio sushi that my wife full-on stole. She did. She came in, <laughs> and she smiled with her cute little smile, and then she Ow. just bounced out of the room. Yeah, yep. Betty, Betty, all of five feet tall, not going to be very aggressive and fight people. She just got to do it like the thief way. Yes. Slink in, slink out. Yeah. The sushi's gone now. Like it's gone. The plate's gone. Mm-hmm. The chopsticks. Sticks are gone. All the sauces are gone. She's gone. Right. It's amazing. She's very fast. Um, tell us about each individual item you brought in. So let's start with the sushi. There were four different dipping sauces. What oh, my was, gosh. There was all kinds of stuff, right? What so was the, in the, the sushi? Sushi. We call it the Drake roll. Nice. Um, we have tuna, crab meat, avocado, mm-hmm. uh, green onion, and then it's topped with a little of those like French's yeah. green onions. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Who doesn't love that? Right. Um, and then we have the sriracha, which everybody knows and loves. Yep. Uh, soy sauce. Boom Boom Sauce, yep. which if you're a, su- a sushi person, you, you're <laughs> familiar with that. Um, and then we threw in a little special. What uh, Betty loved so much was that cucumber wasabi. Yeah. Um, it's really great. It kind of has that coolness of the cucumber with the spice of the wasabi. Mm-hmm. So Why is it called the Drake Roll? So our owner, uh, Butch, mm-hmm. has two grandkids. Gotcha. Uh, his youngest, the grandson, is named Drake. And his granddaughter, we actually named uh, one of our best-selling salads, Emma Ann. The Emma Ann salad awesome. um, is named after her. So um, I think he was like, well, Drake's four now. Maybe he's paying attention. It's time to name something after <laughs> right. him. Right. And how cool that it's a sushi product, too. Like, I, mean, feels... I mean, that's pretty cool. If I was a four-year-old and had a sushi roll named right. after me, 
I would be strutting around. Have you tried my sushi? It's pretty great. Um, <laughs> Let's give it a run. So we also brought in the one of the classics at Reality Bites, though. This is the bacon-wrapped date, correct? Correct. Okay, so this is... Uh, I taste the maple syrup on yes. it. What is all happening in my mouth here? So it's so simple. It's just a pitted date, mm-hmm. and then we wrap it in applewood smoked bacon. Yep. Um, of course, it's deep fried because everything delicious is. Honestly. Um, and then we drizzle it with that uh, maple syrup that you were picking up on. So super simple. And super so delicious. Good. Right. So good. Um, and so one of the things we were talking about in the last segment, too, is you guys have been around for a bit. Uh, yeah. Certainly, if you're um, from the area, you've heard of Reality Bites, one of the best restaurants in town for sure. But as a restaurant that's been around a little bit, you always want to try to, you know, freshen things up, do some new things. How much of a challenge is that? Like, is it a committee of people who meet and maybe debate for weeks as to what to add? Like, how does it all work? We well, I mean, we're blessed. We have great people in the kitchen. Um, Our head chef, Brandon, joined um, just this year in 2019. Um, Our prep chef, Dom, she comes up with all kinds of stuff. They're always playing down there. Um, And then Inchel, uh, our other manager at Reality Bites. He likes to get back there and and pretend to know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then, this kind yeah, of sounds like me. He's the boss man, you know. And then, um, so yeah, it's they come up with some great stuff. The hardest part is really picking which ones to include. Yeah. yeah. So right for sure. And you guys, then you're trying a bunch of those items on your own and maybe deciding that way. Correct. Okay. So it's a hard job. Right. It's I know it so sounds hard terrible. to be me. Well, and then and then also <laughs> for your your drink items, are there like uh, big classics on that side of things? Are there things that you guys try to mix in and add new yeah, uh, cocktails? Yeah. So or we things? we try to do some signature cocktails, especially by season. Um, there are some seasonal good seasonal drinks. As far as our cocktail menu goes. We have everything from a traditional old-fashioned um, mm-hmm. all the way up to we do a cotton candy martini. Oh. Um, so you know, whether you're more of a traditional imbiber or yeah. you would prefer something a little sweeter, uh, we've got you covered. Well, and honestly, and this is something we were talking about off the air, like the, the best uh, bars, the best restaurants, the best places, they, they don't take themselves too seriously. Like They, they can be serious right. enough and fancy enough so that if you're going with that in mind, you can get the, the sushi plate or whatever it is that's... that's a higher end, Correct. but at the same time, the best bars also have like a Pabst Blue Ribbon hidden somewhere, or exactly, so you can have anything you need. Uh, it sounds like Reality Bites is that kind of spot. Uh, you guys do also have an event space too. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yes. Tell us a little more about that again. So Reality on Monroe, it's literally just around the corner. Um, all of our food comes from Reality Bites if you cater through us. Nice. Um, it's a pretty good sized space. You know, we can accommodate um, around 100 people. Cool. Um, you know, a little less if you're having a smaller party. <laughs> um, full bar, big, beautiful bar. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect for anything if you want a space all to yourself. You know, there's nobody else kind of walking around. It's different. There's really nothing else mm-hmm. like it in town. It's downtown. It's it's beautiful. One of the cooler things you said that, that gets uh, booked there a lot are mm-hmm. like uh, retirement parties. Uh, yeah, retirement we do. parties, State Farm, whoever it is, wherever you're at, if you're if you're done and you want to, you know, yes. walk away in style, Reality Bites might Absolutely. Uh, host the event. As we've done a lot of uh, retirement parties this last year, and I love them. I, they're great. I imagine they're so much fun right. because it's it's everybody's excited, everybody's happy, and uh-huh. it's not as stressful as some of the other events that we have there. Everybody just wants to have a good time and. I look. I so look forward to the retirement parties. It's a, it's always a fun group. Those I'm I'm a little ways away from my retirement, but those marquee <laughs> events. Like I I don't know if I'm the typical or the atypical guy. I the bar and I become very good friends in those evenings. Yeah, yeah. You just you hunker you're down. Right. Yeah. You're like, you're like what, what else could happen? It's a Thursday night. I don't have to get up tomorrow. Right. So and more this importantly, is where I'm more tonight. importantly, all these people that I work with. It's now over. Like I'm glad they're my friends and they're right. here for the night, but. 
If I do something stupid. It's usually a bittersweet uh, moment yeah. for some people. You I'm know, sure. they've worked there for 30 some years or something, and then it's, you know. You I ever have anybody explode? I, you don't need to give names or anything. Has anybody ever, like, gone off? Like, you're the one guy I didn't like. <laughs> no, but I wish that would happen. <laughs> you're planning a retirement party. Call me, and right. then we'll, um, if you have one enemy. we'll arrange your outburst. Uh-huh. See, that sounds great. Yeah. We have a microphone, so I we know. can totally get you. What a, what a wonderful service. <laughs> we will arrange your confrontation with that one person you've hated for years. That's right. We'll make it all great. work. Get a dunk tank or something, maybe. Oh. Yeah, yeah, see, so now you're thinking. I go above and beyond you in do. ways that are not appropriate for a retirement party. That's the I, first and I only time you'll that. ever get dunk tank pitched to you for reality. Like a- I don't know. <laughs> there's Maybe? been, there's been, you know, the live animal conversation has come up. A okay, few times, yeah. There was, is, yeah. There was a guy that recently took a llama to his uh, his sister's wedding, and okay. uh, she was nonplus about that situation. Everybody else thought it was hilarious. The live animal, it can be a thing. There's entertainment so, you value. you know, love animals, it's the cleanup that would concern yeah. you the no, most. Yeah, right. Even within... That's the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. For, so it's a little tiny animal is the only ones that are okay. Yeah, even then. I just don't, <laughs> you know... I'm That's not trying not to clean you. up after anything. Right, mm-hmm. I get that. Well, that shouldn't be on staff. That should be the, the yeah, animal I, owner. I might need to add that to the contract. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> well, we're friends with Jay Tetzlov from the uh, uh, Miller Park Zoo. He can get us access to a bunch of different animals. Wonderful. Maybe just have, you know, yeah, some other things set up. <laughs> i got to take another break. A lot more on AM we 1230. Uh, yeah, right, I digress. We do have a margarita in studio, which you haven't um, explained yet, so I'll have you do that after the commercial break. Perfect. Uh, just a little bit more with Leah Powell, the GM of Reality Bites. Leah Powell is in studio. This is the Craig Collins Show. On AM 1230 WJBC, uh, Leah is the GM at Reality Bites, a restaurant that is one of the best in Bloomington. I found it on a bunch of the lists, like best places to go in the city. Being new to the city, it was a thing that I, I needed to try. So I'm thrilled that you're here in studio. Uh, and as exciting as anything else for them, uh, they refresh the menu all the time. So if it's been a little while, it's been Reality Bites, try it out. We had sushi in studio today. Very fancy. I know. Yeah. Uh, you guys also have an event space that we've talked a little bit about. We neglected to describe the drink you brought to me. We've been too busy sucking it down. Honestly, yeah, it's delicious. Uh, It's a margarita, but please tell me what exactly is this uh, drink product that I'm consuming? Sure, it's a a pineapple jalapeno margarita. So uh, we came across this great line of flavored tequilas Mm -hmm. recently, and so this was the pineapple um, jalapeno flavor. Um, And then we just do fresh squeezed lime juice, agave nectar, Shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. Mm-hmm. Um, typically served then with fresh jalapenos as a garnish. So uh, you have to mention how like the fresh squeeze thing makes it, it just tastes so different. It tastes so much. Um, I mean, better is a word to use, one of many. Yeah. Uh, but it just tastes fresher. It tastes more like I'm I'm in Mexico enjoying a tequila exactly. you know product than anywhere else because exactly. you're not just throwing in that little mix thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. The mixes are convenient and great for that. Sure. Um, but you know, you can't. You can't do better than the fresh, authentic, real. The smell right. hits you. It's all it's also good. All it, the senses. Well, and it, it takes an experienced bartender, too, to be able to do that quickly. Because, like, you yeah. squeezed all the different things, and, like, it just it went in just seconds still. <laughs> it was very impressive <laughs> to see it happen. I got years of experience mm-hmm. um, in the bars, and I got years of experience at home, too. Right. So. <laughs> okay, wait, talk about that. So I fancy myself to be a mixologist. Sure. And that comes from my home mixology. Sure. Um, is that where it starts for a lot of people? Like, do you think that you were mixing drinks for everybody at home and maybe they were lying to me and telling me they're good? Maybe they're actually good. I don't know. Yeah. I okay. mean, it's, I think it kind of, it's a chicken or the egg situation, right? Yeah. You know, did I, wherever you started. Yeah. Did I start making drinks at home or mm-hmm. was I, you know, making stuff at, but at my, work? my audience at home though, like they're going to lie. There's, there's an embedded, like no one's going to oh, look at me and be like, really nice friends. Mine would not. <laughs> 
I feel like a little. No. I feel like they wouldn't look at me and be like, no, man, never do this again. Just oh, never. no, they, I have friends that have. Yeah, really? they're like, no, will you make me something else? <laughs> and I'm like, fair enough. I, want, I need wow. to know that. I don't want to put out a, you know, a poor product. So Well, it's not that, though. Maybe it's just their, their preference thing. you know. Maybe. And also, I'll drink anything, literally any product. Well, so for me. You I, can come over anytime. There you go. I'm a terrible judge <laughs> of the items, too. Um, but no, it's, it seems like a really fun you know, kind of thing to do and a thing that a lot of us I do at home, it but obviously I, yeah, you do. I enjoy doing that. Right. I mean, if you find something you love, right? Exactly. You the mixology stuff is fun. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's science. It's science class. You get right. To, you know, yeah. Play at home. And but I, I get to go with stuff. my gut too. I do the, yeah. I do the heavy pour from time sure. to time, right? <laughs> Which again is everyone's not a fan. It's a long three count. It's Honestly, fine. yeah, you do yeah. okay. I didn't know it was three. three to be honest, <laughs> have you heard that you're supposed to sing a song when you wash your hands? Have you heard that now? Um, I've heard that several. I mean, a couple different. For a while. Like, well, um, we're all afraid of the coronavirus. Well, right, I don't know if sure. you guys are. <laughs> sure, we are. Sure. So you sing yourself "Happy Birthday" while you wash your hands, oh. and apparently that's the right distance to to make them there clean. Was, I just heard one the other day, and of course now I can't remember. Was what it, it is. Toto's Africa? No. Oh darn it! But that's a good one too. It's, that's me. I started that. You I started was, that. I was about to take credit. I would oh, have been, for, if you had said so good. you should. Can we go back? Can we do yes, it again? Let's go ahead. Let's okay, reset. so you can sing like "Happy Birthday" or this yeah. other stuff, and then have you? I just heard the other day it was a uh, Toto's Africa. Oh, what? What did you? So amazing! What you came up with it? I, I did. Gosh, uh, you're famous. You know, I've invented one other thing that my friends all claim I didn't. Uh, have you ever heard the the word "chillax"? It's not a of real course. word. Yes, I invented that. I did. I invented it in high school. People don't believe me. I don't know why. I totally buy it. I came up with that word. One day I was sitting around and I was like, man, I'm chilling. I'm also relaxing. I wish I could merge these things together. And then I did it. But social media wasn't as big of a thing yet. Right. So you couldn't, you know, brand that. No. Everybody else stole it from me. I believe you. You ooze chillax. Do I? Do I ooze a little chillax? That's a hell of a compliment, actually. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Reality Bites, where is it? When do we go? How do we get there? All that stuff. 414 North Main Street, downtown Bloomington, right in the heart of downtown. You can't miss us. Nice. Um, all local businesses, yeah. everybody's supporting each other. So yeah, do you need to make down. reservations before you go on a night um, like tonight? Weekends, yeah. So okay. we're open Tuesday through Saturday. I highly recommend a reservation for dinner. Mm-hmm. We are open for lunch as well. During the week, we got some great happy hour specials. We got two dollar house wines uh, from noon to one. Okay. And then we've got uh, half off Tito's vodka uh, from three thirty to five thirty. Time for more Craig Collins style news on WJBC. Uh, once again, thank you to Reality Bites for hanging out with us in studio. Uh, those margaritas were delicious, weren't they? They were very good. Oh, yeah. And not just that. Did you have some sushi, too? I did. Uh, it was awesome. That All was the different dipping sauces. Delish. I love the fact that they brought in four different dipping sauces. That was uh, impressive for well, a I like, sushi. I like, too. I, I, I know they said the sushi is new, so now I'm glad I, I knew that because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think they did sushi. I didn't know they did that at the yeah. Reality. See, that's the point, Neil. I like it. So you got to go in and visit. They got a, a fancy times where you can have, like, a wine half off during the middle of the day. They got fancy uh, five o'clock, like uh, happy hour things too, and then they had an amazing margarita that we tried. And those those dates, those little uh, bacon wrap dates, I know that that's a classic over there. I hadn't had it before. Oh my, they're very good. Yeah, I know they they're dangerous though, man. Because enough drinking, you could have a whole bunch of those by accident. I mean, anything with bacon on it. Uh huh. Can you go wrong? <laughs> no, you no, can't. They do a no. good job. Yeah. Well, life is better. Uh, moving on to other stuff in the news, just with the last little bit of the Craig Collins show left, and then we have uh, we have more basketball this evening. Is that correct? Yes, so okay. we'll have uh, high school basketball at 635. Nice, yep. cool. So a little bit of Dave Ramsey and then some high school basketball. Larry on the call? That's Larry. Yeah. Uh, he's a pro. Uh, you got to listen to Larry. Just do the call. Even if you don't care about the team's plan, uh, Larry's excellent at it. So uh, stay tuned for that on AM 1230 WJBC. If you had to pick one member of the family, and we're not calling this member out. We don't want them to feel bad for it. 
who do you think is, you know, the one most likely to criticize out of all the members of the family? Again, we're not trying to make them feel bad for it. Um, it's just the person who's most likely to do it. I would say my mother. Yeah, it is mom. That is what a lot of studies have said. A recent study demonstrated that moms will even criticize each other, unfortunately, based on different kinds of stereotypes, unfairly judging other moms in their network. And that just, it says a lot about how hard it is to be a mom. Because I think the pressure of that role, you know, maybe just the, the from jump, how that's a harder thing than being a dad. And I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying that I think maybe, you know, mom's role is challenging in a lot of ways, including uh, as far as uh, the way that it works uh, in nature. But uh, it's just a tough gig. So maybe because of that, you become someone who's who's more concerned, you know, with with everyone in the family. And, and that concern then can come out every so often as far as uh, being a, a tad critical. But apparently it's even, you know, uh, self-hating criticism. It's it's mom on mom crimes. Uh, there are five different stereotypes that are most likely to be accidentally put on other moms that you know. One is that the person appears to be overworked. When the way that they describe that is someone who wants to do it all, but just seems to be overextending themselves all the time. I know a lot of people like that. I wouldn't even say just moms. I know a whole lot of people who are like, you know, in today's day and age, because of how everything moves in the internet or whatever, like you just gotta, you just gotta be on and doing all this stuff like crazy. So that's, you know, one of the ways in which I think maybe we, we probably overdo our judgment of others and certainly i guess in this way like moms might uh unfortunately be be noticing that in others it doesn't surprise me no right okay yeah. all right exactly the other one is that maybe you're too family oriented which i can't even fathom as a thing but it is uh, you prioritize children you prioritize the needs of a husband a lot or the needs of anyone else in the life maybe you you neglect your own needs and or you know whatever kind of career goals you might have that to me i don't know i mean I get it, the whole idea. Well, I don't get it. I get none of these things. But I, I guess I try to understand the whole push and pull of, like, you know, being someone. If you can stay at home, though, like, wouldn't anyone want to be that person, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it just depends on who you are. You right. Know, it depends on who you are. But I, I would be a stay-at-home dad in a second, man. Why not? I don't I have no no qualms. <laughs> I would probably do a podcast, by the way, just at home to my kids. Like, and put that out on the world and for the world to enjoy. Uh, enjoy is in uh, quotes there, by the way. Uh, the third one is that they're they're too perfect. The ideal mom is someone that you might, I guess, judge if you're another mom or anybody, I guess. And I think that this is probably also a universal thing. If you know anybody in your life that just seems like everything is just the ideal version of things, you know, and it's it's hard to be that human. Like you're, you know, you're in great shape, you're doing great here in your career, whatever you, everything, every responsibility of the world. It seems like you're, you know, slam dunking it. I, I get where people might judge, but again, that's, that's not an easy human to be. Have you known anyone that was sort of just like this guy's or girl's the perfect person? Mm, I, I can mean, think of one. Yeah, I can think of one. Yeah, maybe one. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, after you, and like, can anybody be perfect? No, yeah, no, know? yeah, right. There, it's you know, there's a layer of that that's probably once you get to know them better, you're like, oh, okay, you do have things that you struggle with too. But honestly, uh, the amount of work that uh, the person that I'm thinking of put into like, you know, hustling in all the different ways that this person hustled day in and day out is just it was insane. So you're you shouldn't be you know jealous or judgmental or anything. What you really should be is just in awe because it's it's a very hard life to live. To wake up and like do the right thing for uh, 10 hours a day and then fall asleep and do it all over again the next day. 
That is, that's not easy. Nah, you know, I don't think it's possible. Uh-huh. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's other people who are hardworking. They're balanced, but I guess the way in which maybe they're criticized is that they're not you know, invested enough in the family. These are people who are not the ideal uh, parent, I guess. I should say even beyond mom, because even though I guess it's moms who are uh, in this study, and this study was done by Chapman University. It's out of Iowa. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is still, I think most of these are just universal things. I think I might even stop mentioning the mom thing. But if you notice someone that's doing really well in their career, maybe you might start to assume that they're neglecting some other part of their life. But again, that's just, these are all salty. This is such a salty way to finish Friday. I mean, maybe I should just throw this list out completely. How do we feel? I mean, it, you know. You do do my thing? It's your show. I mean, okay. So they also say that you could be lazy if you seem like you're a little bit too chillaxed of a person. Maybe you're more of the traditional role of, of a, a mom at home or whoever, and some people can get judged for that. Or you're non-traditional. You're the exact opposite. You can't win No, is yeah. what apparently I'm finding. Yes. Right. In this day and age, you can't, especially mom, can't win. And uh, anytime she criticizes, by the way, it's like when the Yankees boo their favorite players. <laughs> it's out of love, man. The criticism comes from a deep place of love, and it just it just it stings so good because it's true. That's the thing. Uh, moving on to another story, maybe more uplifting. Do you keep your ketchup in or out of the fridge? In the fridge. Okay. Do you think that you have to do that? I think I think I've just always grown up like that. So yes, I think you have to keep it in the fridge. Well, a new study was done. Four hundred and forty-four consumers were uh, surveyed on guess where? Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This can't be a way. Is this how we actually pull people now? We just throw up a Twitter poll, and then we're like, this is science. This is how uh, that worked. Asking whether uh, Heinz tomato, uh, I think they might have been involved in this, uh, whether or not you refrigerate your ketchup, because I guess you don't technically have to. Sometimes people keep ketchup in the fridge simply because they prefer it for the chilled taste. Otherwise, not a thing you have to do. And I, I didn't know that that was – I would not eat ketchup if it were not coming from a fridge at somebody's house. Although you do it at the diner, right? Like, it's always just sitting out on the counter. That is true when you, when you bring that up. But if it were at home and something were just sitting out like that, I would judge somebody for that. I wouldn't judge them for all the mom things I just talked about. But if your ketchup was just rogue, I would think that things were, were not right. Yeah, no, if I went to somebody's house uh-huh. and ketchup was out, I would not use it. But one, I don't like ketchup to begin, so I would kind of steer clear already. But, yeah, no, if it was not refrigerated, I'd Hold say, on. yeah, I don't. What now? You don't you don't like ketchup? No, I'm not a ketchup guy. Okay, I mean, I'll you know if it's on like a burger or something that you know somebody's providing me, then yeah, I'll eat it. But is it the I, overpoweringness of it? It's just it's too sweet for me. I don't like gotcha. I, I'm a, I like spicier. Like I'd rather have a little you know spicy mayo or something. Okay, but, you know, what about I, mustard? No, I love mustard. Okay. Mustard's good. Okay, so you're you're actually a traditional Chicago hot dog person. Yes. Then. Yeah, you can't do the ketchup, but no. you can do everything else. That's yep. very so. Real quick before I take a break, I'm just going to educate. Uh, myself and anyone out there that doesn't know, here are the condiments that need to be refrigerated. This is the complete list, I guess, of typical condiments that you would need to throw in the fridge. Mayonnaise, you got it. You got to put that in the fridge. That's going to go bad if you don't. Uh, Brian, one of our regular uh, callers, just texted me, said he's also not a ketchup fan. This might be him. Caller, what's your name? Uh, the question I have. Oh, my name is Mary. Okay, Mary. And the question I have is, what if it says on the label, refrigerate after opening? What ketchup do you have? Do you have one with you? Can we see it? Because I think you should if No, it says because that. I'm at work. Oh. I think it's Hunt's. Okay. Now I want to figure this out. Now, Mary, I'm now I'm really intrigued. Because if Hunt's ketchup tells you to refrigerate it, I would never break that rule. <laughs> um, yeah, because says- that's, that's where my open bottle of ketchup is. It's in my refrigerator because I saw it on the label. 
Got it. Um, now, if you go to like a diner or something and there's some sitting out on the table, you use it, right? You're never going to judge uh, in those situations. Correct. Okay, but if it were at a house, if you went to somebody's house party and just a warm ketchup were sitting out, would we judge? Absolutely See? not. Because oh, oh, you know okay. what? I thought you were Here's the yes. deal. Go ahead. The host or the hostess would be buying a brand new bottle in the first place. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. <laughs> Fair enough, Mary. Thank you for the call. All right. All right, thank You're you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would judge. I would, but apparently I shouldn't. I'm not seeing it. Hunts, by the way, not seeing that you have to. If it's on there, it's probably just there for the, the heck of it, not reality. Uh, pesto, do you consider that a typical condiment? Uh, not typical, no. no. But I, as an Italian, I love that it's oh, listed here. It's, it's delicious. you got to refrigerate some pesto. And you you got to honestly eat that in like a few days. Like once you open that jar, that thing, you got to make a bunch of pesto uh, very quickly. Uh, salad cream? I didn't even know that was a product. Is this What is this? Are Can someone dressing in general? Oh, okay, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Eight two nine two three four five. If salad cream is something other than dress, I would never call it salad cream. No, never. This is this is a regular. Um, I, I don't think this is like a UK story or something. That's a, okay. Uh, maple syrup has to be refrigerated. That surprised me. I didn't know that was a thing. Really? Yeah, I guess that's what it's saying here. Hmm. A tartar sauce and any kind of like crazy jellies. Jellies need to be refrigerated. Other than that, every other condiment, just put it outside. You're fine. <laughs> I would just, I'd, I'm more, just throw it in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and be on the safe side. If you want to just sit things in your cupboard beside the ketchup, brown sauce, I guess you can sit out, honey. Uh, no need to refrigerate honey. Do you refrigerate that? No, that's that's okay. in the cupboard. Yeah. Me neither. Mint sauce? Do we have these? Is the, what, what Mint sauce? I don't think that's a thing. Pickles? You don't need to refrigerate pickles. Yeah, see, but once I open pickles, I throw them in the fridge. I know. Rather, I feel like I'd you should. be cold, too. Olive right? oil, soy sauce, um, um, malt vinegars, hot pepper sauce. Worcester sauce, I don't even think I said that right, but that, that also just stays in the cupboard. Yeah, that's, those are cupboard ones. Yeah. Okay, all right, fine. Um, mustard can go in the uh, the fridge or the cupboard. You can go however you want with that. And a whole grain mustard as well, a Dijon mustard, any of the fancy mustards, you just can put them wherever you These are all things I'm learning for the first time, uh, but my fridge is packed with all these ingredients because it just feels safer. Yeah. You just feel better about it in that world than any other one. Uh, now that we've covered all the condiments, uh, one last quick thing, and then I'll take a break. White Claw has new flavors. Have you been drinking a lot of the White Claw? I've gone more over to the Truly. So oh. the other, the, oh. it's, it's competitor on the seltzers. You know, the Truly, I was at, uh, where was that? Well, no, I shouldn't say where I was because we just had Reality Bites on and it wasn't there. But I was, <laughs> I was at a different restaurant and uh, they had Truly on special for yeah. like two to three bucks. That seems to be an item you can get fairly cheap at a lot of places. I don't mind it truly. I, th- Honestly. I think it's a little less sweet than White Claw, so that's why I prefer it. I love all the... Dude, the, the alcohol waters are just like a great new thing in this world. Although I don't know how new they are, but their popularity is wonderful. And that, and uh, I could do that and just, you know, whine and feel like I'm doing great things. Well, there you go. I know. I, I don't know if I'm alone in that, though. I feel like I am. And you just so you said White Claw has the new flavors. I feel like Truly just came out with new flavors, too. So they are just buttonheads. They're fighting. They're, they're competitive. Lemon, watermelon, and tangerine are the newest of the White Claw released flavors that just came out. So I don't know what the flavors are for the... Uh, I heard Truly there was like a lemonade right. one, which yeah, doesn't seems... sound terrible. We're and, Googling it. Yeah. That, uh, it sounds kind of terrible. That sounds... Really? Yeah. No, I mean, for the seltzer water, like lemonade's the most obvious choice. Right. So then it also, to me, becomes the least appealing. Uh, I'm trying to find this. Some new Truly flavors out there. I can't... I, no, I'm not seeing them. You got them? You can find them somewhere? I didn't... I wasn't... I just all tweet about it. I think you're just dreaming about new Truly. Tru- <laughs> Neil loves it so much, he's having <laughs> dreams about it. All right, we'll take a break. So at least one lesson was just learned during that commercial break. Never doubt bartender Neil. That is not a thing you should do in the world of uh, alcoholic beverages. There are new Truly products. Uh, they came out in January, 
So you're, you know, referencing things that are a couple months old, but still I think this this it's a win for you, Neil. I haven't seen it, but that's the funny thing. I haven't seen any of these new flavors like in the stores, at least around here. So Got I don't it. I they, don't know where they're being released. They're all lemonade flavors too. Again, exactly as you described, there is a black cherry lemonade, an original lemonade, a mango, and a strawberry lemonade. They are what. four new truly products. Yeah, black cherry lemonade. That sounds That sounds better. Yeah. Right. I would not want original. That's the only one I would shy away from. The other ones all sound uh, pretty great. But uh, I also did get more messages from regular listener and commenter uh, Brian. He said truly is terrible. That's oh, that's his own opinion. It's his own opinion. See, I started, I was a White Claw fan mm-hmm. over the truly. But then as I drank White Claw, I'm like, I, I just can't do sweet. I'm like, ah, it's, get a little, it's getting a little sweet for me. And then I went back to truly. I'm like, ah, it's not bad. So, uh, apparently I, there's some other product, though, he says that's even better. It's at the Hy-Vee. It's like a crooked maker marker ooh. or something. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get back to that message. I can't find it. But there's another one. So we all have our own now. We all have our, our seltzer alcohol product. It's also, so weird. have you tried the Bud Light came out with the seltzer? I know. I've had. I, I think they're fine. Isaac, who's doing the high school basketball board up in the ice, he's uh, throwing them yeah, back right now. He, Isaac should stop for the game. He should right? You should probably put those down, Isaac. He he's said, double fisting he on a said Friday. Big fan of the Bud Light seltzer. They're fine. I'm honestly like whatever's on sale is the way I'll go at a bar if I'm going to go seltzer because like they're all I don't. I don't think any of them suck, but I don't think any of them are, you know, it's me. It's me. I'm just speaking for myself, 